Sometimes it's hard to find the right words to express ourselves succinctly in a way that accurately reflects our intentions. Sometimes it's the words we use, sometimes it's the way we say them. Sometimes it's more about the other person than us. Let's imagine you've just gone around to a good friend's house for dinner. All right, dinner is served. Ooh, this is new. What is it? This sounds like a pretty innocuous question, but depending on the other person's state of mind, it could be interpreted as an attack. When confronted with a question like this, some people may end up thinking less about how to answer the question and more about why we would be asking such a question in the first place. New? What do you mean it's new? Well, what are you really saying? You saying I can't cook? Well, you can go to and get your own dinner. Before you know it, trust and rapport have collapsed. So how can we do this differently? How could we ask what we need to ask or say what we need to say without endangering rapport? The answer might be simpler than you think. We need to share our thinking. Here's how it might go a little differently. This is new. What is it? The only reason I'm asking is that I'm trying to cut out nightshades at the moment to see if it helps with this indigestion that I've been getting. You might share your thinking right off the bat like that, or you might do it in response to a verbal or non-verbal cue from the other person that indicates that maybe they've taken your question the wrong way. If you really want to take the psychological safety to the next level, say for some reason the conversation is already tense or you've, you're actively trying to repair the relationship, then you might actually consider sharing your thinking before you ask the question. Hey, I'm so sorry, I should have asked this earlier. I'm actually on a bit of a, a new diet, trying to cut out nightshades to, to help with this terrible indigestion I've been getting. This looks amazing, but I just wanted to check what was in it. Do you think I'll be okay to eat it? As you can see, sharing your thinking first not only helps the other person understand better where we're coming from, it also helps our brain and gives us a chance to craft our question in a less threatening way. So what's the evidence for sharing your thinking? According to Jonathan Silverman, one of the authors of the renowned Calgary Cambridge Framework, shared thinking is a classic example of a facilitative communication skill. These skills were first developed by psychologists Carl Rogers and Gerard Egan. In one study, researchers looked at the differences in communication style in doctors who had received malpractice suits versus those who hadn't. And what they discovered was that doctors who had never been sued were much more likely to use these kinds of skills than doctors who had been on the receiving end of malpractice suits in the past. So how might these interactions play out in our real working lives? Well, here's how it might play out for me when I see a patient in the emergency department. Firstly, this is me asking a question without sharing my thinking. So if these symptoms have been going for a week, why did you come into the emergency department today? What do you think might be going through the patient's mind after hearing this question? Why would he be asking that? He thinks I'm a fraud. He thinks this is all in my head. I don't think I really like this doctor. What if I was to ask more or less the same question, but this time lead into it by sharing my thinking? So sometimes it's really helpful to know if there was anything specific that triggered you to come into the emergency department. So I guess I'm just wondering, what was it that made you come in today? 
oh, the thing that changed was that my headache suddenly got worse this morning and, and I was worried about what it meant. What about a difficult feedback conversation with a colleague? Here's an interaction where I feel like I need to give feedback to a colleague about the dose of ketamine they've just used in the procedural sedation. One way of asking would be, so why did you use that dose of ketamine? What do you think might be going through my colleague's mind after hearing this question? Why is he asking me this question? He thinks, he thinks it was a bad decision. He thinks I'm a terrible doctor. I hope he doesn't fire me. And what can I say that will make me look smart? You can tell he's already defensive and thinking of ways to avoid being reprimanded. So how might it go if I'd shared my thinking before asking the question? So it would be really helpful for me to understand a bit more about what was going on behind your decision to use that dose of ketamine. Often in these sort of situations, I reduce the dose, but I noticed that you did something different to that. So I was wondering, would you be able to tell me a bit more about what went into that decision? Oh, well, because I noticed the blood pressure was low, I thought maybe a higher dose would bring it up. Keep in mind, body language and tone play a key role here too. But the key element that we're focusing on today is the skill of sharing our thinking so that the receiver of the question understands the reasons behind our question and doesn't have to worry about us having a hidden agenda. Can you also see the element of reciprocity at play here? By sharing our thinking, the other person is more likely to share their thinking too. So what is the real value of sharing your thinking? I think it helps us build trust through demonstrating transparency. In many ways, I think the essence of good communication is the process of increasing the transparency of our intentions. This can take a little bit of effort on our behalf, and it may not be necessary in many circumstances, particularly where there's a good platform of long-term trust between you and the other person. But if the subject matter is a little bit tricky, or, or if the relationship is a little bit rocky, Investing in more shared thinking up front will save you from having to plow a lot more energy into the process of trying to repair trust and rapport after it's collapsed. Shared thinking is an invaluable skill for building, maintaining and repairing trust in the context of speaking up in any difficult conversation. Try it out today on your patients, colleagues or even with your friends and family. Check out the podcast description for more details on shared thinking. By making small changes like this every day, we can all contribute to making our workplaces better, not only in the way that we care for our patients, but in the way we care for ourselves and each other.